0: Hi everybody! Uh, welcome to Conversations with Calvin. We the Species. Uh, it, it's a Monday afternoon, uh, June twenty seventh. I'm doing a whole chronological thing. Uh, I, it would probably take me about an hour just to set this this particular interview up with Dr. Gloria Bachman, uh, and and I, I um, and it's been uh, being developed for the last four or five years since I uh, met Dr. Bachman. Uh, actually, here's the title, uh, Gloria Bachman, M.D., uh, Robert Wood Johnson Medical School Professor, OBGYN, Director of the Women's Health Institute at Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School, uh, and One Health. New Jersey is the first state in the country to legislate One Health. We'll talk about that. That's why we're here, uh, which One Health is human health, animal health, and earth sciences combined, so we have a, a healthier existence on this earth, um, and 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 this is the best for me. And it's also for Dr. that We talk about this all the time, but it was four or five years ago uh, at the Garden State Film Festival. This is how this all came about. Uh, I was there on a Friday night uh, doing my journalism, walking around pretending I was important uh, and interviewing a few filmmakers. And, and I'm wearing this hat, this exact hat. And, and, um, and And a woman came over to me and 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 asked me if, uh, because of it had if I was a rector's professor uh, and and at the time, I, I wasn't. I've since been one, but I wasn't. and And I always dreamed of being a rector's professor. So I said, no, I, I wish I was. It's nice to meet you and, and and she just gave me a call, and I gave her my cord. And that was the end of that until a few weeks later when I got a call. From Dr. Gloria Bachman, she saw I was a journalist. Would I be interested in doing a story on a lecture they're having at the hospital? And uh, you know, being a card-carrying member of AARP and, and having lots of time on my hands, I said I'd love to. And that was the beginning of this wonderful journey that I've had with Dr. Bachman. Because uh, a few months later, I was I was installed on the advisory committee of the Women's Health Institute, and and I'm not just saying this. Dr. Bachman, because you're here, but and we talked about it before we went on air, but that was transformative in my life, uh, having met you, having been involved in Women's Health, because it opened up such vistas and, and such areas and literally transformed a whole part of my life and my journey, having met you. Uh, and, and, and as we become great friends, uh, we also discovered, and I love saying this we also discovered this one other element that <laughs> you're laughing I was going to um, bring this up and you know what uh you can tell that story uh uh and and actually uh, I'm done with my Carson Johnny Carson monologue not a lot of humor but good stuff uh you take it away uh how about if we start a little bit of a bio uh and and of course that linkage that we share that is priceless
1: the linkage that Calvin is talking about is we actually met as very young individuals when we both were in Newark, New Jersey, and Calvin was working at his uncle's pharmacy, Comashane's, and I was a regular customer there because they sold everything that anyone in the neighborhood would need, want, or have to have except groceries. And so as Calvin and I were talking, we realized that we actually go back much further than just the the evening that we met at the Garden State Film Festival, and that we do have ties back to our young adult years. So it, it's really been an amazing journey yes. to connect with Calvin again yes. and to share a lot of the memories of our of our Newark neighborhood where he worked and I lived.
0: <laughs> right. You know that not for now, but I mean, that whole, uh, and, and I know that, uh, Harry Comershane, my uncle, whose picture is right over there, I stare at him every day. Uh, uh, he was such an exceptional, an old fashioned, but exceptional, wonderful druggist that in part kind of influenced you. Um, uh, uh, and, you know, I'm kind of spiritual and, and, and I have his picture up there, maybe in part, because you told me that, you were connected. So I threw his picture up on my wall here. So, um, uh, and, and and I have to just say, this is so, what we're doing here is just the beginning. And we'll get to One Health in a minute. But uh, the, the world is changing and the environment and, and so much is changing. And people need to know about these initiatives and these things going on because it's life. It's their life and they have to know what's going on and have to contribute. And that's the purpose of this because we're gonna be doing more with so many more people involved in, in One Health. My job in, in as advocacy and outreach is to throw this out there and, and try to grab some people and pull them away from TikTok for about a half hour. And, and that's, that's why we're here. It's a beginning of a journey. So um, a little background. Um, Dr. Bachman, a little bio, and then we'll kind of jump in.
1: Well, we're talking about our historical pasts, and I want to uh, also mention that when I was a young person, my first position, and we're going to talk about One Health, my first position was at Turtleback Zoo. And what I learned there was that we are all connected, that my health is related to every other animal's health, is related to plant health, is related to the environment. And I really got firsthand viewpoint of that while I worked at Turtleback Zoo as a zooette. So I haven't really deviated far from that path of really seeing that we can't look at ourselves in isolation, that I can't look at Gloria Bachman to say my health is just about me, or Calvin Schwartz can't look at himself and say his health is all about him, but about everything that we interact with. And let me give you one example of that is antibiotics. That if I take an antibiotic for a cough and it's not necessary, what I'm doing is I am changing the bacteria in my lungs, in my uh, respiratory tract to make them superbugs so that they will become over time immune to that antibiotic. And therefore, when I do need that antibiotic, it may not work for me. So these are just little examples of how One Health is so important that my health is related to my microbes in my body, related to the pets that I live with, to the environment that my home is in, to the toxins in that area, and that's really where one of my great passions is is to, to move the One Health Initiative. And I've been very fortunate, and Calvin knows this, to work with Amy Pappy, who has been instrumental in moving a first in New Jersey. New Jersey is the first state to have a one health task force. And what that means is we're going to be bringing together multiple disciplines for a collaborative approach, the how best to optimize human health by optimizing animal health by optimizing our environment, and no one person has all the answers. No one person.
0: Let's uh, let's talk about more. We'll come back to, to women's health in a little bit. But let's while we're on one health, um, defining it. It it, it and, and my understanding, and uh, it, it's the uh, it's the focus in putting together humans, plants, and animals and and uh, in, in looking at the whole ecosystem, correct?
1: You know, it's very, very interesting, Calvin. The person who actually started the one medicine is a veterinarian and he almost shares your same name. His name is Calvin Schwab, S-C-H-W-A-B-E. Instead wow. of Calvin Schwartz. And what he did as a veterinarian, he put it in, in a veterinary textbook in 1964. He said there's so many similarities between animals and humans. And he stressed the importance of collaboration between veterinarians and physicians to help solve health problems in all of us, not just in humans but in our pets, in, in our livestock, in the animals who, who inhabit the forests, in the jungles, in the sea, in the ocean. So that there is a link between all of our health. And that's what one health or planetary health that sometimes referred to is where you see all the intersecting circles that I can't be healthy unless the animals on the planet are healthy unless the other humans are healthy, unless our crops are healthy. And that really is the focus of how can we do that? Mm
0: -hmm. How
1: can we reverse some of the toxic changes that we've made and really bring them to a positive change to enhance health rather than just detract from our health?
0: Wow. Uh, As we said before we went on air, uh, Uh, talk, talk, talk. We all need to do more talking and talking and and the outreach and people need more and more until that, that pendulum, that balance ticks over and and we're all really talking about this. Um, So, uh, and yes, Amy was so, uh, and I'm so glad I met her uh, and and worked with her on the, the, the committee. Uh there there's so many different things to consider with uh One Health. Um, you know, uh, anti a, antimicrobials and 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 uh climate change and food. So it's just it, it's over I mean it's overwhelming. Um so uh right now it, it's New Jersey, but you're now going uh, regionally.
1: Yes we are and and I just wanted to bring up one other aspect of the health and and I want everyone who's listening to think about it, but let's even think about humans and how we have changed our own microbial organisms that live on us we all we all that's why we, some of us take probiotics because we want to keep the microbes on our body healthy. We don't want those resistant ones that that have built up a resistance to penicillin or or streptomycin or another medication. But in in time since modern day, babies were born how? How were babies born? They were born through the mother's birth canal. And they got all of the microbes from the mom. Then think about what happened next. Then next, the baby was fed by being nursed by the mom. So there was that skin to skin contact. And there was also so the microbes that were associated with that skin to skin contact and the nursing. And then what happened recently? And again, there, there's good parts to this. And I'm not saying it's all bad because there are many, many women who did not make it through childbirth because we didn't have all of the the modern interventions that we have. Now, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that things have changed. So what's changed? Now there's many babies who are born by surgical incision, which means that, and how many of you have been in an operating room? It's a totally sterile environment. So there's no bacteria, there's no microbes or minimal. So that before the mom has the surgery, the C-section, The abdomen is scrubbed with a solution to make it sterile. The baby comes out through a sterile environment, is put on a sterile incubator, and that baby may be bottle fed. Now, of course, there's a formula for um, shortage now, but basically, many babies go right from a C-section delivery, which is sterile, to bottle fed. So where are the where is the mom's microbes? Where are the where is the, the oh. father's microbes when the father holds the baby close to uh, to him? Oh. So we've changed the microbial flora, the environment of that young infant. And can we get it back? We don't know. So so that's really a major question that has come up as to just these simple things that are being done today, what effect will they have? And again, many, many individuals need a C-section and that's not, that's not an issue. The issue is then how can we get those microbes to yeah. the baby? And many, many moms can't nurse and that's not a problem, but how can we get those microbes uh. to the baby? And so there's more and more emphasis on who we are, who Calvin Schwartz is, who Gloria Bachman is, may be dictated by the microbes that are growing on our body. And we want to keep them as healthy as possible. We want to keep the animals around us as healthy as possible. We want to keep the environment. And it may start with our own body and and how healthy we are with our microbes. So just little things when you think about them and how things have changed over time for much for the better because the maternal mortality was horrific in the past. Moms bled to death. Moms had arrested labor, which means they couldn't get the baby through the birth canal. So we, we've taken care of that, but then we've caused other problems. So what a One Health task force will do is it will say, okay, how can we bring all of modern science together how can we we move healthcare ahead for everyone, not only for humans, but for animals, but for plants, for our environment,
0: mm-hmm. but at
1: the same time make sure that we do keep the fundamentals of health uh, alive and well. Brilliant, yeah,
0: brilliant. Uh, and 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 I guess it began uh, in two thousand sixteen. You had a, a little committee at Rutgers, and that's how some of this. This energy got got born. And it really is. It, it's beyond. You know, I I read recently that you know, we've lost here in North America, you know, several billion birds. Well, why? There's got to be a health issue and why those birds aren't here. An environmental, you know, a health issue. And, and then I, I saw Amy Pappy's posting the other day about Lantern fly. You know, you don't. Uh it's a it's a predatory insect. You know, we don't think about these things, but that's all one health.
1: Yeah, that is all one health, Kelvin. And you know what's interesting? And again, I'm not saying it's bad, but here's how science progresses, but then what are the effects of it? How many individuals, if they have a lawn near their house or with their house, how many control weeds with some type of a you know, yeah. So again that will also affect everything that's living on that grass. And I mean I'm not saying that this is the right thing to do but maybe we should have a patch in our backyards where we just let it go to a natural habitat for the for the worms, for the birds, for the bees and um not use so much of the herbicides, pesticides to keep our, our lawns green and beautiful. Because, and again, I'm not saying either, or it's just, these are, these are things that we have to think about because in life, there's a, there's a cause and effect of, you know, and, and you have to say, okay, let's weigh what are the positives and what are the negatives when we're talking about one health and how can we preserve environment and as calvin said how can we preserve the birds how can we preserve the honeybees how can we not have a massive influx of lantern flies and things that that may destroy a lot of the of the natural foliage in the area and these are these are the the questions that a one health task force would address because it's not just for one discipline It's for those that know about insects, those that know about birds, those that know about humans, those that know about, you know, dogs and cats, those that know about vegetables, fruits, plants, those that know about the environment, weather. So it takes everybody sitting down and saying, how can we best move ahead so that we assure the health of our planet? And that's why a lot of uh, people are embracing the planetary health name because it's our whole planet. Yeah, it's not just New Jersey, it's not just the United States, it's not just North America, but it's the whole Earth.
0: Funny, That's why when I came up with a, a, a name uh, when I started this channel conversation with Calvin, I, I sat there uh, August of 2020. And, and I wanted to come up with a name and, and it just hit me right away. Um, actually it actually was deep thought to come up with a name and it it's kind of like One Health. Uh, you know, I, I call it We the Species, conversation with Kyle We the Species because the pandemic taught me that there isn't a spot on this earth that's safe from COVID. From Antarctica to, you know, to, to Stuyvesant Avenue in Newark. Uh, there's no place that's safe and and then the other uh thing occurred to me uh that we really are one species and and, and there was a great uh movie uh with share nicholas cage called moonstruck and one of the great scenes uh, is she share slaps nicholas cage in the face and says snap out of it and 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 that's uh that it, it's what we have to do is slap a whole bunch because we are one species just like one health and and i came up with the we the species because we are one species so it's just it's you know it, and um it's just a demonstration of what one health uh, is um, and yeah
1: and, and what i want to emphasize is exactly what you just said calvin is we have to come together and i want all the listeners to think about how we came together with COVID. That we had a crisis, a global crisis with COVID, and many individuals lost their lives, and there there many are continuing to lose their lives, but not at the same rate. When we were first hit with this pandemic, and what did the world do? The world got the best manufacturers, the best pharmaceutical manufacturers to come up with a vaccine that would protect individuals from COVID. I mean, there's nothing that's absolute. There's nothing that's absolute. I'm sitting in my office and the ceiling can fall in. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. It could, but it's highly unlikely. And that's what happened with everyone coming together and Producing a vaccine that has protected so many individuals, so that during the height of the pandemic, so many individuals were coming into the hospital and dying from COVID. And we, many of the floors that were used for other reasons, for uh, those individuals who are coming for diabetes or other things, they were converted to COVID floors because we had so many patients with COVID. The entire hospital was in lockdown for visitors, for loved ones. And it was a very difficult time that if I had COVID, no one could come visit me. I I was isolated in an area, maybe on a ventilator, and my loved ones couldn't see me at all. So it was a total, total pandemic that affected people in, in so many ways. That Almost everyone was affected. You either knew someone or someone, a loved one, or even just a a distant relative you heard that either died from it or became very sick. My own brother became very sick with it. So what happened? We came together and we said, we have to find some way to ameliorate. We haven't eliminated it, but to make it less virulent. And obviously there's many ways to do it, but one way was with the COVID vaccination. So when people come together and work together globally, that we get so much further than if Calvin and Gloria work together on a project and, and we isolate ourselves that we have to really depend on holding hands with the team. And bringing in ideas, bringing in expertise that we don't have. That Calvin has a lot of expertise I don't have. I have expertise that he doesn't have. But we don't. We don't have everything Together. So, so, so we really need each other. And I think that that's. If I would say the one thing that, one health means to me, it's a four-letter word, T E A M team. team that's
0: great. That you
1: need a team. And you don't have to be a senior member of a team. You just have to be part of the team. And, and, and that really is, I think, what represents One Health to me is, and the One Health task force is, is being part of a team where everybody has the same vision. Like Everyone has the same vision to stop the pandemic, the COVID pandemic. And there's been many other pandemics. There's been many other um, problems that have affected humans and animals and coming together is really the best way to come up with solutions or how to ameliorate the situation.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, mean, you can even think of seatbelts that way. I remember the day where we didn't belt up. (laughs) And then we saw that with just a simple seatbelt that you can avoid major trauma.
0: Correct. It's funny, I was in an accident in 1973. Really? Um, my car rolled over uh, on Myzell Avenue in Springfield, it rolled over four or five times. Um, I was going rather fast I was a kid. Uh, and, and there were no seatbelts. Um, there were no seatbelts um, and, and, and the car was completely crushed. And, and I walked out, there wasn't a scratch on me, but the point being, there was no seatbelts within my lifetime. I, I've seen seatbelts and other things um, anyway, um, yes, the uh, so th- the purpose of this is, is to get to members of this one health steering committee, but well, I get such a kick uh, uh, the last steering committee of the one health um, uh, you know, listening to veterinarians and professors and doctors and uh, and in so many different persuasions and uh, and, you know, my wife always said, you know, you're, you're kind of a journalist. And, and I said, but uh, I'm, I'm part of it because everybody has, uh, you know, everybody has a purpose. You know, my purpose uh, is DL uh, uh, and, and I'm good at that. And that's, that's the, the, that's the emphasis, the essence of, of One Health. Everybody's contributing to, you know, the common, it sounds great. It's right out of the 60s, you know come and go but it, it's really true so um and,
1: and you know what Calvin you also need cheerleaders yeah because cheer, you know what do you have at, at, at games at, at athletic events at football games you know there's cheerleaders there and I think you need cheerleaders so there's those that are actually you know performing doing and then you have everyone who's there to support and you have the cheerleaders or who, who are saying you know you you have to give your support. And I think that, um, and I'm using it in a very positive way. In fact, my own son was a cheerleader. So, so I, I went to many a game to watch the cheerleaders as well as the game to, to watch my son cheer. So uh, he was a college cheerleader. And um, I think that, that that all of us in life can be cheerleaders and can, can really make sure that, that we support in a vocal manner, you know what what's near and dear to us, and what's near and dear to society, the betterment of society.
0: And 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 we are a function. It's um, funny. I, I I worked for twenty five years for the now the second richest Italian in the world, uh, Leonardo Vecchio, uh, an amazing man, and he used to lecture us. And I spent twenty five years there, but he always said, "Keep repeating. You know, keep cheering. Keep repeating." Because this this thing between the two ears needs constant reinforcement until it finally sinks in. So seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times, keep repeating, keep cheering, as you said. Um, and then eventually, so that's what one health is, we got to keep cheering and getting it to sink in until people understand. So it's mm-hmm. work to do. Yeah. So A segue now uh and the last part of this uh just a quick overview uh, uh of the women's health institute how where when was born and 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 uh, uh, and i listen on tuesdays every two every tuesday i don't miss these meetings it, it's great to, to listen and the speakers so talk about one health institute uh, how where when
1: Women's Health Institute is part of Rutgers and uh, it was born at Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. And it really has a couple of purposes. One of the purposes is to move health ahead, especially women's health ahead for community outreach, for looking at ways we can improve women's health through research, through clinical trials, through doing research, even looking back at journals many, many years before us to see what was done then what made a difference and how can we improve on that difference? And basically, really training the next generation who are, who are following us so that they can be contributing members of society. And we do a lot with the healthcare team. So it's just not, you know, physicians, it's nurses, it's PAs, it's public health. It's, it's all of us, basically, that can move health ahead. We also do a lot with those who really don't have a voice. When we talk about cheerleading and have a voice, many individuals don't have a voice. So we're also doing a lot with incarcerated individuals, with individuals upon reentry. And I I ask this to everyone. I'm going to ask this to Calvin. Calvin, if you had been away for two years and I said, Calvin, I haven't seen you in two years and you were in a prison, what would you tell me?
0: All right, I tell you, I want to know what's going on, uh, and, and can you help me get back into in, into the world? I I need to, I need help to get back into the world.
1: Most people are embarrassed to say that because they feel that uh, someone will just turn them off if they hear that they've been in prison. So that's another we have to stop all of the stereotypes, and anyone who's been in prison should be able to say. I've been in prison and now I'm back in the community and I'm a contributing member of the community. So the Women's Health Institute is doing a lot with incarceration and re-entry. We're doing a lot with veterans that uh, many veterans have post-traumatic stress that uh, have mental health issues. And we really wanna move that. We're doing a lot with maternal health that we still have very dismal Statistics on uh, the number of of individuals who get very sick with pregnancy or who who pass with pregnancy. And they never, we we recently delivered um a mom that never got to see her baby wow. that uh, she passed wow. because of severe COVID. Um so we don't want that to happen. We don't want, and and especially black moms have a much higher rate. maternal morbidity and mortality, which means they have more complications and more moms pass. And same with infants. So the Women's Health Institute does a lot with maternal health. We work with the New Jersey Black Women Physicians Association, and we work with with, uh, First Lady uh, Tammy Murphy on Nurture New Jersey so that we can really move maternal health to as safe as it can be for all mothers regardless of where you live what your background is we want the best outcomes so maternal health is also another major area that uh, we work with and aging menopause that many times individuals would be say would be told you're over the hill because you're 72, or you're 75, or you're 80, or you're 85. And I go back to, and I'm sure everybody heard this, my mother taught this to me, age is just a number. (laughs) I know, Calvin, were you taught that too?
0: Oh, yeah, (laughs) I I live it, breathe it.
1: Uh, (laughs) Age is just a number.
0: I'm three years from 80.
1: (laughs) Yes, and it's, it's the person that some of us you know, have no hair. Some of us have bushy hair. It, it, it's who you are. Some people like, I need glasses. Other people don't need eyeglasses. Some people have uh, intolerance to, to gluten. So we're all different, but by coming together, and it comes back to the TEAM team, we're, 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 we're a team. And the best way for our own self. And for our family, for our community, for our loved ones, is to really embrace the team, embrace each other, not only for our similarities, but for our differences as well. And and I think that's really the message that the Women's Health Institute brings to the learners, is we can all be part of a team, regardless of our background, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, if we have common goals. And the common goal is to improve society, to improve the health of all of us, and to make sure there are no barriers that are put up for individuals, such as what we just talked about, incarcerated individuals who um, would be denied a lot of the privileges that many of us have. And a shout out to the New Jersey Reentry Corporation. Under the leadership of former Governor James McGreevy, there are so many reentry services now that are being made available wow. for these individuals so that they can get a bank account, they can get a credit card, they can get an ID, they can get job training, that there's not a wall that is put between them and their reentry into the community.
0: Wow. And that's all the banner of women's health. Uh, I'm, I'm always so fascinated when I, you know, during school season just to listen to your the diversity of speakers and and uh and one of these days i want to hop in on a an interns meeting and, and the diversity of research that you're doing but i want to go back because I, I took a particular interest in this uh and i promoted it in, in my own little world the maternal health awareness journal uh 2022 uh, uh and i still promote it i throw it up for people to see and i i get lots of you know uh when, when we're off air i i, I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and, and I love LinkedIn and, and it's a powerful communicator. Uh and and I took did a three hour seminar uh last week on, on LinkedIn and and how to use it and maximize it and mm-hmm. and, and I, I shouldn't be doing those things at 77. I mean I'm way past you know the purpose of LinkedIn. I know no 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 no, no.
1: no age age is just a number
0: uh, no so I took that seminar and and then they give you a uh, and and this is really cool. they give you a link uh, and LinkedIn uh with their algorithms, they watch everything you do. It's like big brother, my goodness uh, and and uh, I, I clicked on that that link and it evaluated my performance and what I do and the connections and the impressions I get when I promote things the whole pack the whole calvin package on on LinkedIn and uh, I, I'll share you the link, but uh, I'm in the top 2% in the world. That's
1: um, congratulations. And I'm the, not and surprised.
0: My, and my effectiveness uh, on LinkedIn it blew me away because I had no idea that an old guy is in the top 2% out of 400 million in the way I use LinkedIn. But anyway, the purpose where I tell you this was, you know, I, I had been promoting this and I still promote it. I throw it up there and it gets four or 500 impressions, views. Um, but this is... It's so great because I, I, uh, just to go over some of the things that were in there uh, in this first edition to 2022, um, bringing healthcare to the underserved, I mean, simple things that you don't think of, home blood pressure monitoring. You know, I have a cuff in every room in the house because I'm uh, on OCD. Uh, This just blew me away. Uh, autistic women pregnancy experience. I mean, I didn't even know that existed. You know, uh, and wow. And I know Rutgers was one of the country's pioneers in the whole world uh, of autism and the things they were doing. Uh, and uh, it's like, wow. Uh, lack of uh, healthcare in the third world, countries were expecting mothers. But, you know, just comments on this, brilliant. Well,
1: that's also something that started with the Women's Health Institute as well. We were on the leadership team that actually started the Maternal Health Awareness Day, which is um, now going national. And it really is for stop, look, listen. And what do I mean by stop, look, listen? That any individual who is pregnant or has just delivered should be able to say, and again, I'll, I'll just say, I am the pregnant person that I have a headache and you're, you're the clinician. And I say, I have a really bad headache and I'm about to deliver in two weeks. So you have to stop whatever you're doing and say, tell me about it. Look at me, make sure that I, I'm not tremoring or anything like that. And listen to what I'm saying. Because a lot of times, if you're just said, oh, well, everybody gets a headache, then I may have an adverse event such as toxemia of pregnancy where I start to seize and I have high blood pressure and the blood pressure was causing my headache. So we really were on the leadership team that started the Maternal Health Awareness Day so that every family unit with the pregnant individual knows that everything should be reported and an answer to everything should be given that's satisfactory. That you should not just assume because you're pregnant, just forget it. That if you think it's a concern or a question, report it and make sure that it's evaluated, that you're looked at, you're examined, and that something is done if there is a problem that's identified. Not, oh, go home. And with rest, your blood pressure will get better. No, you come into the hospital and make sure your blood pressure doesn't get worse while you're under the care of the healthcare team. So that was really one of the big initiatives that we have started. And the journal was in celebration of that, where we had the Women's Health Institute interns uh, contribute to the journal and their perspectives on maternal health. So it really has been uh, a very important area in what I do as an obstetrician gynecologist. That's where I was trained. I trained at the University of Pennsylvania, where I was one of the very fortunate individuals to train under a black OBGYN pioneer, Dr. Helen Dickens. Wow. And she was the first in many areas. and. When she trained, it really was almost all men in OBGYN. at and she was one of the first women and wow. one of the first Black women to be in obstetrics and gynecology. And I not only worked with her under her actually, she was she was the attending doctor as a medical student, but I stayed at Penn for residency, and I got the honor and the privilege to work under Dr. Helen Dickens for four wow. years, and Just as I said before, team is part of of One Health. If I had to say what was the most influential person in my life and in going into OBGYN and doing what I'm doing, it would be Dr. Helen Dickens, who truly showed me that you have a vision, you follow your vision, and you do everything that you can to do whatever you can to make the world a better place.
0: Wow. Wow. Um, you know, you're talking about, uh, I, I showed you this before we went on air, just so people can quickly see the, the depth and, and the grasp, uh, and the reach uh, of the Women's Health Institute, but you had one of your interns, uh, create an app to fight m- maternal m- mortality, Zoe Reich, and, and here's a star ledger, she developed a, an app to fight more uh, uh i mean mm-hmm. and that that was a year ago i saved this for a whole year to show you uh that's you know my house but anyway uh that's the depth of what you do and 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 the talent that's there at, at rutgers uh and the create you know the creativity the innovativeness uh in, in you know the you you inspire me uh, again i'm not stroking or uh, you just do. Uh, and, and and you have lifted me up. Uh, so this is um, kind of a, a, a good time to, uh, oh, you're, one other thing you're doing, I thought was really cool. You and Dr. Hutchinson-Cullis are are going to a big conference in October, breast self-care. And I thought that was kind of neat to mention that's coming up. Um, uh, and of course, I see Dr. Collis all the time as well. Uh, you know, in these meetings, which are, are fabulous. So uh, this is a good place just to do a temporary wrap because this we we can go on and on and on, and we will. And, and especially with other members of One Health to bring them to a stage and bring the team, uh, uh, and and for the team to to chat. So thank you, Dr. Bachman, for well, your time.
1: Calvin, I, what well, I, well, I'd like to say, and, and again, you have social media presence, but if anyone would be interested in some of our publications and our pamphlets, would it be okay if they contacted you to let you know that... Anybody, that
0: would- can you can spread the word. Uh, listen, I sit here and I got to take a picture of my chair. Uh, uh, I sit here 15 hours a day in this chair for the last... Three four years, and and I'm here, and and people can contact me. I would love that. Uh, um, truly, yeah.
1: and we would love to share the Women's Health Institute with you. The the, the publication that Calvin showed you. Um, we would really we really would love you to get involved in your support, and even if you just want to um, read some of the stuff that we do. Yeah. <laughs> We, we welcome you because again if you're listening to calvin you're part of the team because he's part of my team Thank and you. i'm very and i'm very privileged and honored Thank that you. we met again after a hiatus of many many years between yeah. the pharmacy that his uncle koma uh had to when we met at the film festival so and by the anyway. way it's
0: all because of his hat uh yep. i praise this hat Uh, and, and really, I could lecture and I did lecture students when I taught at Rutgers how important it is to come up with something, a brand, because it's powerful. And and so I came up with this idea 11 years ago, and I'm grateful every day that I had it on that you saw it.
1: That's right. That's what, that's why I went up to you.
0: Yes. It's great stuff. So, um, this is all to be continued. We got lots of more people to bring here and, and chat with. And um, thank you so much, Dr. Bachman, for uh, Lighting My Fire. That's a Jim Morrison song. you lit my fire and it burns brightly thanks to you and, and to be continued. So thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye-bye.